Greetings from I-85 in Rowan County, making our way back to Mecklenburg County in the great city of Charlotte, North Carolina. This is the Bearded Car Cast. I think this is our 100th episode, Dave. 101st episode. Or 85th or 105th. Anyway, we're on our way home from High Point, North Carolina. Winthrop sweeping the two-game series over the High Point Panthers. And uh, their very well-known coach, Tubby Smith, who coached, obviously, in Kentucky, but is also in Minnesota and Georgia and Texas Tech. Tulsa, Tulsa. Memphis. Did I mention Georgia? Yes. Great guy, too. Very Great. Great guy. Guy. One of my favorite people to interview. Has the time, is pleasant, jokes. And, and, you know, you and I have a mutual friend, Larry Glover, used to uh, broadcast baseball games in Lexington, Kentucky, now hosts a talk show in Lexington. And Lexington's one of my favorite cities in the country, just a rabid college basketball city. Great city with horse racing and affluent, good restaurants and bars. Love Lexington. And Tubby Smith won a national championship at Kentucky, a team that had Nazi Muhammad, Scott Pollard, not not one of those like all five-star recruit type teams. Wayne Turner, I think, was on the team. And and he inherited the roster from, from Rick Pitino. Won a championship in his first year. Had a really good run there, but never got back to winning another title. And years later, there's been lots of debate about where Tubby sits among the annals of great coaches in Kentucky history. And I think it was towards Tubby's end, maybe his fourth, fifth year there, Larry was hosting a a popular talk show, and uh, a caller called up and said he, he didn't he didn't like Tubby Smith. Oh. He thought Tubby Smith did a poor job. And, and you know, at Kentucky it's win a national title every year or right. bust. Win or bust, yeah. And Larry said, um, I think you're either really stupid or you're a bigot. Yeah. And the guy said, Are you calling me racist? And Larry said, I might just be calling you dumb. <laughs> Tubby Smith can coach. He can coach. Tubby Smith has taken five teams to the NCAA tournament, and his teams tend to be pretty good. This high point team, though, they got one dude. But doesn't it feel like high point for the 15 years we've been covering Winthrop, whether it be Arizona Reed or John Brown or Nick Barber or now um, John Michael Wright. John Michael Wright. They always have a guy that averages 20 points a game who's impossible to guard. And while they have had okay complimentary players, they've never had that 1A or, you know, maybe just kind of full 8-9 men that you go, man. I mean, the early days when we were at Winthrop, when they had A.C. Reed, they were really good. And I am now trying in my head to remember any of the other players yeah. on the team. I feel like they had a shot-blocking center who is pretty good, but not an offensive threat, but just a a, a, a tough guy. I know they had a second guard, maybe at the same time Barber was there, but like 
they, they've never had a full complimentary cast of characters. Yeah. And, and that's what they have this year. They've got one of the best players in the league. And yeah, he's a volume shooter, but somebody has to shoot. And, and yeah. I don't know. Winter didn't play great in either game, but they found a way to win both. Well, but I think that's why Winthrop is such a... This was a good dichotomy because Winthrop is a literally a team. Yes, there are some really good, strong pieces. There's Chandler Vodron, the point guard, the six foot seven point guard. Uh, you know, you have obviously DJ Burns, the, the sophomore big man. Uh, but on any, on any night, there's about another seven or eight guys that can get you double-figure scoring. And tonight, it was Josh Corbin, who's been a kind of a sharpshooter, and he's had, what, three or four games where he's led the team in scoring. I mean, I think I said it on the air with maybe 15 minutes to go in the game, 12 minutes to go in the game. Winthrop's won a lot of close games. They tend to win games like this, and that's exactly it. There's so many different guys, but there's also versatility in how they win. They can win by, last night they were down 10 in the second half, right. and they just clenched down and held high point to 33% shooting in the second half. Winthrop killed high point on the glass in game one. Today, Winthrop lost the battle of the boards, but they hit 10 threes. Like, they, they just, they can win in so many ways. Well, this is just kind of a statistical oddity, I think, but and it's and some of it's directly correlatable to their style of Correlatable. Play. Is that a word? It is now. I like it. Uh, with tacos. Co- correlative. I like it. With tacos. Uh, no taco? No um, taco. The point I'm trying to make is, um, you almost got me off my wheels here, but I think I'm, I'm, I'm slowly pulling it back so the longer I take to think about it. No, because there's so many different guys that can um, that can win. Or, or they can shoot them into a win in so many different styles. You threw me up my real estate back. Yeah, I lost my point. Well, they're very versatile. But whatever it was, it was correlative. And I'm telling you, I think it was some of your best work. <laughs> well, we got like four hours of sleep last night because we came home after a 9 o'clock game. And then uh, I had to get up at 8.30 this morning because my wife had a call. And the uh, guy finally came to uh, put the gas meter in, which means we finally have natural gas at our house. Which uh, we haven't had uh, a stove in about three or four days. Not in three. So this three wasn't days. a Ted Cruz issue. This was, this was actually. Not a Ted, this was the opposite, I guess. Ah. <laughs> we had the house; it was warm. <laughs> Just not the stove. Well, the heat is electric, but the I wanted to switch the gas for cooking. I tell uh, you what, um, I, I like the oh, way. Oh, I know what I was going to say. <laughs> if, oh, go right ahead. Yeah, please let me interrupt you. Um, so, Winthrop has played 18 games. They've had two games where they scored in the 50s, and they split those games. They have, I think, nine games where they've scored in the 70s. They've got three games where they've scored in the 80s. I think one or two in the 90s and one in the 100s. And they can win in a very but, wide variety of ways. But in 18 games, they have not scored. Uh, they have not scored in the 60s at all. It's either been, you know, 55, 70 plus, or that's it. Yeah. I would say that's probably small sample size, and I'm not sure what it means. It is. But I think it's interesting. They, I, don't, I don't know that it means anything. I mean, they can just win in, in, in a variety of ways. So if we don't do a great job counting and with arithmetic when it comes to how many bearded car casts they've uh, <laughs> now you know why. <laughs> had, well, right before we started recording, we were working on Big South tiebreaker scenarios. Yes. Winthrop is the number one seed in the tournament. And we think 
it is very likely Radford is the number two seed in the tournament. Well, based on our calculations, if Radford were to play two games and lose, and Campbell were to play two games and win, it'd be statistically possible for Campbell to surpass Radford. Asheville's currently in third, but they're not going to play any more games. So if Campbell plays a couple, they'll pass them because the way the tiebreaker works out, and I actually think this is a very logical way of doing it. It's 75% your winning percentage and 25% the percentage of games played. So Winthrop's played 18 of 20 games right now. That's 90% of their 20 games they are supposed to play. So if they were to not play any more games, you would take their winning percentage and then you would multiply that by 0.75, three quarters, and then you would add that to the 90% of games completed multiplied by 0.25, right. 25% of games. I mean, I, I, I like that. I think playing more games should be a benefit to you. You, you should st- be rewarded for that. Yeah. yeah I, I, I think it's Now, that being said, have you seen what the WCC is doing? Didn't they, did BYU and Gonzaga bail out of the conference tournament? No, no. Not, not yet, though there is some thought that that may happen. But the seedings for the conference tournament are being done by a um, proprietary Ken Palm number. Oh, yes. They have talked with the yeah. analytics guru, Ken Palm, who is weighing all the schedules and is putting together his own formula to come up with the... The conference standings because the teams are not going to complete the full round robin that they were hoping for. Right. It's a weird year. Very strange. And, and that leads to so many more questions. So this year has a weird waste. <laughs> so a weird waste and the tacos <laughs> and probably a bunch of other bunch things. Of crunching and munching. Yeah. They are catchphrases used on the Damon and Mendelara morning show on CBS Sports Radio. I went to college with Damon at Syracuse. He's a year or two older than me. I think he's two years older than me. And uh, we've been friends for a long time. And I like listening to his show. I think it's both um, entertaining and informative. I think it's a, it's a nice blend. And I occasionally over the years have done segments on the brackets that I know a whole lot about or the Olympics that I attended and you know they, they don't have the budget to send somebody <laughs> right. to, to Rio so I was there and I filed kind of daily or every other day report so a couple of years ago they came to me and they said um, how would you like to pick college football games against the spread it'll be a contest with another voice on the show Sean Mraz who is their producer and, and kind of second voice. And I said, yeah, I mean, I think it'd be fun. It would be, that'd be a good thing to do. And I like handicapping. And well, you're already doing it. the work anyway. So yeah, I, I like doing that stuff. And uh, in year one, I, I had a pretty darn good year. Sean actually had a really good year too, but I beat him and- uh, Now, what was the bet? Did you have a bet? His punishment or, or what he lost in the bet was, he had never taken a standardized test because <laughs> he went to junior college and yeah. then transferred. So they made him take the SAT ah. and then calculated the score and had a lot of fun with that. And then this year, 
Sean is uh, not an avid reader. If he lost, he was going to have to do a book report. <laughs> and uh, Sean had a pretty good year picking. Yeah. And I had a very mediocre year yeah. picking. Well, he didn't do well in the Super Bowl. Oh, well, that may be the case. Um, well, you know, because he... Uh, so, DA gets to, like, fire uh, dodgeballs at him. Oh, okay. I'm and, not even and, sure I realized and that. And pour clam charter over his head as Mraz is dressed as George Washington. Oh, well, that seems reasonable. <laughs> I mean, so hey, it's a lot. It's a lot worse than what you got. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we negotiated. They originally wanted something else, and, and we hemmed and hawed, and we got to that. If I lost the bet, I would use some of the catchphrases from Damon's show, integrated into one or more of our broadcasts, yeah. and. Uh, yeah, there's no real like you have to get six of them in or three of them in or whatever. Just, just have fun with it. Sprinkle yeah. one or two in. Like you know, don't embarrass yourself don't or, get fired. or push it. Yeah, don't get fired. But like, like have a good time with it. And and before a game at Presbyterian, I kind of emailed you the list and said, hey, I'm gonna try to get some of these in today. And you just took the bull by the horns. <laughs> I mean, like. I was having a good time with it, but if no, no, you... no. But what's funny about this is, I thought it was just some stupid bit for their show, and I was like, sure, that'd be fun. You know, it'd keep us entertained. But, I didn't know the whole thing. I didn't know the whole backstory about you losing a bet. Right, but Which when you were changed. so into it, yeah. then I got into it, and then it was just a lot of fun. On. How yeah, many yeah. can we get in, yeah, and yeah, how yeah. creatively? And we're trying to like one up each other, get them in, and yeah, and yeah. overlap. Like we try to play off each other on a right. Field. And like yeah. some of them are ridiculous, yeah. and they certainly don't really have a place in a basketball <laughs> no, broadcast. Don't. But the the point is, broadcasting a basketball game is largely about entertainment. If you want people to listen to the game, you want them to be engaged and and entertained. So if you say something funny, maybe they laugh. And the more that they feel kind of a part of it, and the more that they are listening and into it, it's why Bill Walton works. Nobody is watching Bill Walton to find out, you know, how Arizona State plays sideline ball screens. But you might find out something historic or something off the wall or it just might be kind of a you, fun I time you, i think you lead off with something off the wall and then you go into something interesting yeah well, I, I, absolutely i mean but but the way he banters with his partner on espn dave pash another colleague of mine is amusing and it's entertaining and we try to do the same thing now you can't ignore the basketball game. If it's a four-point game with two minutes to go, you got to broadcast the game straight. But Winthrop's won a lot of games by a lot of points this year. I mean, you know, there's some people that want Winthrop to win every game by 40 points. But the bottom line yeah, is right. sometimes you're going right. to win by right. five or eight right. or right. what just have some, you. Just some people think that you win every game. Right. Yeah. But we're able to have fun with it. And if you hit a big three and you're more or less celebrating, you're excited about a big three, we've learned you can or basically, dunk. or dunk, you can basically say anything. But you know what? The same is true of a home run in baseball. Absolutely. You know, if it, you know, you know, deep fly ball out to left. Louis Robert hasn't really got a hold of this one. It is gone. You know, if you don't love me, <laughs> I'm not making tacos no more. 
Right, so that was one of the draws. One of Damon's kind of catchphrases, and there's a whole backstory to this. If you're not making tacos, you don't love me no more. Right. So Chase Claxton dunked, and I screamed that once, and the... Everyone loved it. It was funny. And then you put together a cool video where we matched up the video of the dunk with that. And it went viral. And it's just fun. I mean, it's it's fun. In, in this society of 2020, 2021, where content is king. And, and, you know, we would love for people to listen to two hours of every broadcast. Listen to the pregame show. I yeah. think it's insightful. Listen to the postgame show. But the bottom line is... People watch internet videos that take 15 seconds or 20 seconds or 30 seconds and, you know, they don't have a lot of time for long-form content. Well, as a digital piece, that's quick and fun and a catchphrase. And, you know, I'm not a big catchphrase person because, you know, I think every home run should be called differently because not every home run is is high, it is far, it is gone. Well, it could have just been a long line drive. Call it differently. So dunks are called different. It could have hit off of Jose Canseco's head. Exactly. But I think the other thing that was, um, you know, one thing I kind of learned throughout the years, but also kind of reinforced when I did something for the Weather Channel with uh, Mike Fomal, my friend that uh, used to work at NBC News Channel with me, and now is a freelance, mostly weather producer. But it's like, you know, when you have certain situations where you get the limelight, you know, whether it's working for a national outlet or, you know, doing a freelance gig, like, you got to advance the story and, or, or somehow make it, you know, freshen it up, right? And so I think what we did last night was we, we, we did it, but we put a little bit of a twist on it where we kind of tried to, like, do combos. Right, so Damon... And then, and then I kind of challenged you, not challenged you, but, like... There was a really emphatic dunk, and so I was like, no taco? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Damon liked the first one, and his colleagues liked the first one, and we had so much fun with it, we said we'd do it for another game. And the suggestion was do it for, like, the first-round conference tournament game where Winthrop's going to be a really heavy favorite, playing at home. You know, it's not going to take away yeah. from a huge moment. Well, COVID kind of derailed uh, that plan. Yeah. So the Big South Tournament format got flipped around. The semifinals and the quarterfinals, uh, semifinals if Winthrop's in it, the quarterfinals for sure are going to be at the Coliseum. But those are going to be in-house broadcasts, ESPN Plus broadcasts. So you'll do the TV broadcast and I'll do the radio broadcast. And we're not going to horse around for the championship game. But that's not to say that Winthrop's not going to dunk and we're not going to scream about tacos. Right, right, right. Or if it doesn't, you know, if it gets into a blood situation. Right. No, we're not going to go through the whole list. Right. But we might have, if it makes, and it's got to make more sense. Like, we, this will come as a surprise, Dave. I mean, we may have forced a few. No. I mean, maybe. Maybe. No. Maybe. Oh, I, I, yeah. But it was kind of a ham and egg. But I, I also think that the, the real irony of this is, is that they think, like, we're going out of our way to do something wacky and zany. And, I mean, our the nature of our broadcast is to incorporate kind of interesting. And the perfect example of that is yesterday we get to high point we're three four hours early and we've been coming to high point for a long time yeah 
it's kind of a, a ugly day, you know. They're but we kind of audible, right? Because we we didn't think we were gonna be able to do our song and dance, and we left early because we so wanted to beat the weather. By song and dance, you mean our social, uh, social and digital, digital. Yeah, yeah, media. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it was supposed to be a gnarly day, ice and rain and snow right. and all of that. But so, we said, hey, in the back of our minds, if for some reason it ends up not being bad and we can do stuff, let's do stuff. Right. So we were gonna scrap that stuff, but we left super early in case we encountered nature weather. Well, there was no major weather, and now we're in a high point, and it's five hours yeah, before like, yeah, we tons of the time. game. So let's let, let's knock out some social digital stuff. So I'm on my phone looking at some of the interesting historical or, or just kind of the unique things about High Point. Right as I've looked up a 32-foot high yeah. chest drawer, yeah. you turn right, and we're pointing at a 32-foot high chest drawer. Well, we're driving down Main Street in High Point, and, you, uh, and I think I asked, where is this place? Like, I have no idea. I said, well, we just passed pretty much all of downtown, so let me just bang a U-turn, and we'll go back. And sure enough, turn the corner, and it's like smacking us in the <laughs> right face. Right there. So, we do uh, those things, our social digital stuff. We go have a meal. My God, I am still full. We ate the largest, <laughs> well, I'll speak for myself. I ate the largest cheeseburger before the game yesterday and I'm really good with food I have a, a stomach that can kind of tolerate everything and at the end of the game like huh. I could still feel that that yeah. burger it was yeah. it was a big boy I went with the uh, the Philly burger which essentially was chopped up hamburger with cheese and you know onions pepper uh, that was good I, I think I had a pretty good portion of that. The onion rings were freaking huge. They were. And they were good. They were really like, I mean, they were They crispy. were like triple fried. Yeah, they were crispy, but they still had a little bit of oomph to them. Um, as far as like uh, texture. A little, could have been a little more flavor in the batter, but they were good. So we do our social digital media stuff. We go eat. We leave the restaurant, and, and we're, we're just getting takeout. We're not sitting in yeah. a restaurant right. where, where we... we put on our mask, we go pay for the food, we take it out. We pay we, for it? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've actually paid for that. <laughs> okay, one. okay. Uh, and then... Because um, we've been known to be comp now. Then. <laughs> not often. Not often. Not often enough. Um, th- then we eat in the car, and now it's 5.45. Yeah. The game isn't until 9 o'clock because right. it's on TV. That's we head right. over to the Miller Center. We've been to the Miller Center a million times. This is the final year of the Miller Center. It's, uh, you know, we'll get to the Miller Center in a couple (laughs) minutes. Um, But they have a very small parking lot. And never before has there been an attendant. But because it's an ESPN game and there are going to be extra TV personnel around, we pull up to the parking lot and there's a guy there. And he's very wishy-washy on who can park in the parking lot. And there are some other spots available, but they're all marked like yeah. High Point University. Yeah, well, or, one like was like OTS van or IT van or yeah. you know, whatever. Like, whatever. And they, they had different like, names for them. And normally, like, literally, we just go, we'd say, well, with what's the radio? And the guy just flags us through. In fact, but usually there's no one to flag. We just drive well, in. Well, sometimes we're that early enough that nobody's there. Yeah. Right. So, And if there is someone exactly, we just say, hey, we're, we're with the radio broadcast. Yeah, no problem. This guy, the show pros guy, is very, like, wishy-washy. Like, he wants to help, but he also wants to do his job. I got the feeling job. he might have liked the Grateful Dead. 
well, nothing wrong with that. Um, he's, he's looking at his list, and he's looking for our name, and the name's not on the list, and he kind of is like, well, I think they're legit, and we start taking the radio equipment out of the car, because we park in, like, this other spot right next to the lot, which... Yeah, is, the, 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 like, this one spot, like, the parking lot, it almost, like, T-bones into it. And so there was one spot right at the edge where the entranceway was, which was coned off. And he can't decide whether he wants to let us in. Just hemming and hawing. He's like, I think you can park here. I'll be here until, like, half time. I'm like, let me see the list. So he, he, he shows me the list. And it's, you know, all the ESPN behind-the-scenes people, the yeah. people that work in the truck. And then at the bottom of the list, it says... <laughs> and all other media. And all other media. And I'm like, that's us. All other media. And he's hamming and hawing, and we by this time unloaded all the equipment. And then he goes, okay, yeah, you just park over there. Yeah, you just tell the media. Right. So Mike thinks that should be the alternative name to the Bearded Carcast. Yeah. And all other media. Right. So on the broadcast today. No, that could be our NPR. Oh. At the broadcast today, we, we told that story. A more abridged version of it. <laughs> and we two or three times referenced all other media. Welcome back to the yeah. Miller Center. All other media with you. Or with Mike Pacheco, I'm all other media. <laughs> yeah, right. The, and, and I think that's funny. And when you explain it and people are in on the joke, I think it's entertaining. And you don't do it so much that if someone's annoyed by it or doesn't pick up on it, it's a big deal. But it, it's just kind of an oddity and a, a little funny piece to the broadcast. Right. And today we also went into some detail on the Millis Center. This is not one well, of the... No, 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 no. We didn't just go into some detail in the Miller Center. And you were a little salty tonight to begin with. No. That bit. doesn't sound like me. Yeah, a little salty. Maybe. Was it someone else? Are you but getting you, me confused? I mean, you started off from the get-go because they did something. Like, they named everybody in the world that's ever been to the Miller Center. At the under-16 timeout in the first half, the PA guy took the entire two-minute break. as Like, this could be the final men's basketball game at the Mellis Center. They don't know. There might be more games scheduled next week. They could host a conference tournament game, but it could be the last game. They're moving into this $100 million facility. The entire two-minute break was like a written speech to this building and all the people that helped them build yeah. it and all the people that have played there. It's a piece of trash. Oh, it was geez. built in like 1991. It's not like, like High Point does have history. They were really good when Tubby Smith was playing there yeah. 50 years ago. Right, 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 right. Like, like, they didn't play in the Miller Center. They didn't play in the Miller Center. Since the Miller Center has been their home, they've been, like, wildly okay. Like, they were bad at the beginning of the D1 era. Recently, they've been kind of so-so. In the middle, they've had some good teams, but they've never gone to the NCAA tournament. They've, like, we identified, they've had... You know, John Brown and A.C. Reed yeah. and Nick Barber, they've had good players, but like, you know, they're perennially between fifth and second in the league, or yeah, if they win right, the regular right. season title, they get upset in the yeah. first round of the tournament. Like, nothing has ever happened sure. in this little high school gym. I mean, it's right, a 1,400 right. seat. Yeah, it's a Division two slash high school gym. And we're just drowning on about it. So we Now, now in fairness... 
uh, when we first started going there, it was a blank hole. They've done, They've done a, a good job. Yeah. They, the lighting is much better. Yeah. They've good put sound. in those jumbotrons yeah. that are really, really I mean, nice. The, the nicest jumbotrons in the league. Absolutely. But it's still a small little kind of nothing arena. It's yeah. not. It's not an old barn. It's not old and historic. It's just a mediocre, fine place. Right. So. We brought it up a few times. And by we, we mean you. I mean, you were the one that wanted to say nice things about it. Well, you know, you got to be fair and balanced. If you say so. I, I mean, I, I don't know. Do, do you think we overdid it? No, but, I just like giving you crap. But, but, like, that's the character and the personality of the broadcast. After 15 years, it is our broadcast. Our job is to describe what goes on in the right, game. Right. I think we do a good job on that. Our job is to give you the full story. Certainly more of a winter perspective than right, the visitor, right. but by God, we're going to have done our homework and know a heck of a lot right. about the other team and the program and the yeah. history and so forth right. and so on. And then there are times, and I'd say it's, you know, I don't know, 5 10%, you know, then there are times where you kind of freelance and editorialize. Absolutely. And I think our listening audience, who has been with us a long time, appreciates that it is not cookie cutter. Absolutely. It's not the same as you can get anywhere else. Right. And, and this is in absolute no way a negative statement about the Big South Conference. But if you want to hear the same broadcast that Charlotte does and Davidson does and Duke does and North Carolina does and College of Charleston does and Furman does and Wofford does and everybody else does isn't the point of being... If you turn on Jim Nance, by God, you know it's Jim Nance. Right. If you turn on Joe Buck, you know it's Joe Buck. If you turn on Ian Eagle or Kevin Harlan, they're not doing anything remarkable. They're themselves. They're not imitating Vin Scully. Yeah. They are broadcasting the game in their personality and their character. Well, why wouldn't we do that? Yeah. We're no. not vanilla people. No. We're us. We're us. We don't pretend to be anything other than us. All other media. All other media. I'm Dave Friedman, that's Mike Pacheco. This is the Bearded Carcast. You can be a part of the show. Send us an email, beardedcarcast.outlook.com. Tweet at us, email us. If you're at the next Winthrop home game, throw a paper airplane with a note and hit us in the face. My God, it's going to be good to have fans back. Yes, and also we did get a request uh, from Carl Isles on the Bearded Carcast tote. This is, after all, listener-supported Bearded Carcast. Um, I think I looked at the minimums. We're about nine hundred ninety-nine short to get the group discount that we okay. can. Okay. So uh, if you want your bearded carcast tote, uh, you got to show us the show us the money. Now let me ask you this: Yeah. What level of donation gets you a tacos T-shirt? Could be a nice uh, nice giveaway on and the. And if anybody's looking to fund it. this project, beardedcarcast at outlook.com. 
Let's talk about something going on in professional sports. I would ask you about the inner workings of tonight's Australian Open Women's <laughs> Championship right. between Jen Brady and right. well, Naomi Osaka, but what about the quarterback movement in the NFL? We saw a couple weeks ago the trade involving Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff, and this week we get the trade of Carson Wentz to the Colts. Thoughts? Well, and you know, and then there's the obviously the I don't know if the sword of Damocles is the right word, but you know, the, there's also the prospect of Deshaun Watson, right, out there lurking out there, and you know, Carolina has been linked to that. Uh, you know, a couple other teams as well. It's you know what, Dave? I mean, it's become because of the rules changes. It's become quarterback heavy league meaning you've got to have an elite quarterback and without an elite quarterback you know it makes it a lot harder now you can have really good defense and a really good quarterback but um, you know it's, it's become like the premium position and I, I think what's going to be interesting is you know if the Texans indeed trade for Deshaun Watson you know what ultimately is going to be the King's ransom that they come up with because I do think there's a point where well, what do you think about the rumor this week? There was a Christian McCaffrey rumor, right? Well, here's the thing. I, I think, but I think that's what's in it for the Texans. I mean, they still need a quarterback. Are you gonna, and this, this isn't 30 years ago in the NFL. You could build around a running back. I uh, mean, I, I just, I don't see it. I mean, if you were the Panthers taking a strictly Carolina look at this, would you trade Teddy Bridgewater? Christian McCaffrey and three ones for Deshaun Watson. No. Why? I think that's too much. You think your team is better with the three draft picks, McCaffrey and Bridgewater? You're giving up an awful lot. I mean, it's. I, I think that to me, that to, to me, I think I would be. I would do the two players, Christian McCaffrey, Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe two number ones, but I, the third number one, I think. But if you are good, I mean, look, Deshaun Watson is what twenty eight, twenty nine, right? I uh, would guess he's a pinch younger than that, but something like so that. So maybe he's 26, 27, Okay, but as we've seen in the NFL, there's no guarantee. Like he could have two great years, and then you know get injured, or you know, I mean, there's a million things that can happen. I, I, I think you, you kind of. I don't know. Would you do that deal? Yep. There is no price to me that is too large for one of the five best quarterbacks in the league. Can't win without a great quarterback. Yeah. And I, I honestly, and Christian McCaffrey is tremendous. Maybe the best running back in the league. When he was playing last year, I thought he was very, very effective. I love to see what he can do in Joe Brady's system. I, I'm not of the belief that it is strong salary cap management to pay a huge contract to a running back. Right. That's a position where we've seen team after team win with fourth round draft pick, veteran guy. I mean, the Buffalo Bills were in the AFC title game with two kind of just a guys, right? Right, right, right? I mean, the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl with Clyde Edwards-Elair really didn't 
do a whole lot. And the decaying carcass of um, a guy that I guess was on his third team in two years, Le'Veon Bell. I don't know if he even got any carries. I tell you where I would consider that this is completely hypothetical. It cannot happen. If they still had Luke Keekley, I might have considered that. Well, then you think you're closer to a championship. Yeah. Tampa Bay's running backs were a guy that was released by Jacksonville and a guy who was kind of picked middle of a draft. Yeah. I, I just, I, I don't like having a lot of money invested in that position when the game is clearly going. Now, the three draft picks are incredibly significant. But if your team is decent and you're talking 15th pick... 22nd pick, 24th pick, well, wouldn't you rather have absolutely stud quarterback? You know, now maybe you say the Panthers aren't close enough to make that trade, but the Jets are close enough because they're seemingly Yeah, but, very they're, but they're in a different situation. They're always, they've been perpetually rebuilding for years. Last couple of years. I just think it's a league of have and have nots. And that's what the Rams did. And I'm not telling you I love the trade from the Rams perspective, but they're going for it. Like, they think they've got the defense. They think they're one player away. I mean, what they did with Goff is kind of unbelievable. They traded up to get him. They gave him an enormous contract. Then they had to trade draft equity to get rid of him. And they're all in on Matthew Stafford. But if you're one guy away, don't you have to kind of give yourself the chance? Isn't that what we learned from this year? Tampa Bay certainly invested a few years down the road with salary cap problems and draft picks. And they said, Tom Brady, come on down. Rob Gronkowski, come on down. That didn't cost me draft picks. I mean, that was just signings. Cost him a whole bunch of money, and yeah. by using that whole bunch of money, you cannot use it in other places. And maybe it didn't cost them draft picks, but you're certainly not developing a quarterback when Tom Brady sure. is on the sure. field. But they, they went for it. They put all their eggs in a basket, and they went for it. But they it. were smart enough to get a, uh, a backup quarterback that could walk Tom Brady off the boat. <laughs> well, I mean, you see, that's an interesting thought. I, I was listening to uh, another podcast during the week talking about the same thing we are, Deshaun Watson and what the Panthers should do. And maybe he's a possibility and probably he's not. And if he's not, do you stick with Teddy Bridgewater? And someone brought up the name Ryan Fitzpatrick. Bring somebody oh, in yeah. to challenge Teddy Bridgewater to have a second guy. I could not disagree more. You can't spend the salary cap space on two OKs. Now, if you have a team that can win the Super Bowl, maybe then you say, I'm going to cheapen it up at special teams to have a backup quarterback who, if my guy goes out, this guy can tread water for a few weeks. Well, go back to the Panthers for a minute. They, they, uh, They cut like four guys and have freed up a ton of salary. Like up to, what I, one thing I read was up to $30 million in salary space. And they got rid of Trey Boston, which will probably allow Jeremy Chin to kind of maybe drift back more into the safety role. I mean, he kind of was a hybrid. Um, 
and uh, Tra uh, so Trey Boston, uh, Kwan Short, the uh, punter Michael Pilardi. I forget somebody. So I think it's going to be really interesting. How significant are those losses for the team? Well, I mean, Kwan Short have been hurt the last couple of years, so you know, and you know, I think with the emergence of. Derek Brown. Another reason to trade Christian McCaffrey. And, been yeah. hurt too. I mean, Brown's really good, right? Yeah, yeah. So he can he can take that job and run with it. Yeah. I mean, but McCaffrey, like, that's the only time he's really been hurt. Like, he's pretty been solid the rest of the time. I, I think he's great. I just think he's yeah. overpaid, and he's not actually overpaid. He's paid what he should be for how good a running back he is. It's just not where I would invest my caps. Right, right, I mean, right, right, if right. you go back to the big controversial trade that the Raiders made with the Bears a couple of years ago. The Raiders trade one of the best players in the NFL, right? Uh -huh. But that's a philosophical sure. decision. Right. They don't want to spend their money right. on a pass rusher. They want to spend their cap space on a offense. Right. Now, the Raiders weren't great before and aren't great now, but it's not like the Bears have been amazing. Right, 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 right. Well, that's been a quarterback issue too. Indeed. What else would you like to talk about? Um, I'm ready to hit the house, man. Well, we're about 11 minutes away. Head. Do uh, we have a call to action of any sort? I mean, you can, you know, always sponsor the bearded car. Listener supported. Carcast. So if you want to just Venmo us money, we're happy, happy to take that. We did have a couple of uh, solicitations to the Bearded Carcast at Outlook.com account. And it's so funny, like, now they're getting short. Like, they used to be like, you know, it used to be like the woe is me. It's like, well, you know, I'm part of the ruling family in this uh, fake country in Africa, and I need to move $70 million, of which I will give you half if you just send me like $2,000. So did you do that? No, I did not do that. Why not? No, but now it's just like, hey, I have this proposal for you. Please, the one today was great. It said, you know, like let's say it's like, you know, Joe Schmo. It's like, hey, it's Joe Schmo. Uh, I'm trying to get a hold of you. Please email me. I have something urgent discussion. You know, usually it's like greeting, like, dear greetings. Or like <laughs> they, they, they script. But it'll be like, you know, email, uh, you know, joeschmo at gmail.com. And then you look up at the, the email, incoming email, and it's like 752 yeah. g.785 at, you know, kr325.com. You're like, what the hell is this? Oh, don't forget your donations are tax deductible. Oh, wait a minute. But I'm really, I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> I mean, you can count it. We just can't guarantee it. Hey. I mean, we'll talk to Bruce about that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's it. Go That's to it. Outlook .com. 